Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Getting Too Far from Food, Clothing, and Shelter Department here at Car Talk Plaza. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you see things for sale and you say, who needs that? Oh, you mean like that solar-powered uh, butt scratcher that you bought me for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah. And you wonder, when are we going to go too far as a culture? You know what I mean? Oh, you mean, when are we going to spend our time on Earth so frivolously that we offend the gods and they send the meteor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely <laughs> what I mean. Well, I don't know if this is it, but it's close. Are you ready for this? I am ready. There's a Korean tire maker, Kumo Tires, and they have announced the world's first tire. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. With a fragrance. Hmm. Tire with a fragrance. Well, actually, that, that, I don't think that's new, really. I mean, I've seen tires with fragrances before, but it was right after they ran over something. No, 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 no. This is different. They're embedding heat-resistant oils into the rubber so that as the tire wears down, the fragrance is released, and you have your choice of lavender, orange, or jasmine. Now, isn't that sweet? Well, I guess so, yeah, but I think they're, they're missing a bigger opportunity here. What do you mean, bigger opportunity? Well, you know, they're targeting the consumer market. I don't think that that's the way to go. Huh? Here's what I would do. You sell them to repair shops. So you sell them to me, and I sneak them onto my customers' cars. Except instead of jasmine, we make them smell like burning oil. Ah! Huh? <laughs> so a few days later, the customer calls back and says, I'm burning oil. I can smell it every time I stop at a light. But I can't figure out where it's coming from. You got it. I take the car in. I swap out the tires. I charge them for like a rear main seal, saying, ah, yeah, the oil was leaking onto your exhausts, and that was making the smell, and bingo, there's my next boat payment. Brilliant! <laughs> then I can use the tires again on the next person's car. Ooh. Get Kumo tires on the phone, man. Another million-dollar idea. <laughs> well, look, if you smell burning oil or lavender, give us a call. Our number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888 888- Two two seven eighty two fifty five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. I can see the money rolling in now. I can see it. This is another brilliant idea. Who would have thought of that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hello, this is Christy from Sitka, Alaska. Christy from Sitka, Alaska. Sitka? Hello. Yeah, that's where they get Sitka spruce from, probably, right? Yes, that's right. And it rains all the time here. Does it? Really? It does. Every day. Just Cold and rainy, just like Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except without the people. You get more cold and more rain and fewer people. <laughs> yeah. So, so what drew you to Sitka? Uh, I love Alaska. It's a beautiful place, lots of mountains, few people, like you mentioned. That's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, my friend Tony was drawn to it, too, but he went for a two-week vacation and he came back. <laughs> so two weeks wasn't enough for you. No, I've been here ten years. No kidding. Where were you from? Florida. Florida? Florida. Really? <laughs> yeah. So would you have a falling out with your family and you wanted to get as far away from them as possible? I mean, there, there's going to be a... Ra- well, um, a ra- there can't be a rational explanation. There's going to be an explanation, though. Yeah. Right? No, I, uh, I was teaching in Florida. And, you know, teachers get summers off, one of the bonuses. Yeah. And I came to Kodiak and lived in Kodiak for the summer, did some house-sitting, worked on a ranch, had a blast. And so I decided to make this my home. So you were there for a summer, and the sun was out all the time. and, and... It was. It was so deceptive. <laughs> yeah. And they made you sign a long-term contract, yeah. huh? So you were there for 10 years. Pretty Ten good. 10 years later. All right. So, so how can we help you, Christy? Well, I don't know if you can. I have a 1986 Volvo, paid $900 for it. I've had it three years. It has 190,000 miles on it. Mysteriously, the tail light went out. We go to replace the light, but it won't work. So it's not the bulb. There's something going on. Well, recently, just within the past three months, it's literally been sucking the life out of batteries. I mean, sucking the life out of them. We put them on a charger, and they will not charge. Okay, so we've replaced the battery probably once a month for about the past three months, and that's getting kind of expensive. Yes, it is. Do you drive the car every day? Yes. So it'll be fine on Monday, for example. Oh, yeah. And then on Tuesday morning, you get in it and everything is stone dead. Dead. Will it, will, will it take a jump then and start up? No. It will not. So the no. battery is... And, and while, while this is happening, are any lights coming on on the dashboard? They're dim. Very, very dim. 
Well, it's likely that the charging system isn't working. Okay. First of all, the reason that your light in the back isn't working is unrelated to this problem. Absolutely. Okay. If, you, if you are trying to blame that light for killing the battery, you're wrong. Actually, I'm, I'm trying to blame my husband because he <laughs> tried to fix the light. Oh. And after he yanked out some of the wires, the charging system, like you said, is not working. So, you know, I'm kind of blaming him. Yeah, no, he didn't That's do okay. it. No, no. I mean, the, he the, did not do it. The, the lights in the back are, uh, are in sockets, these little black and white sockets that the bulb plugs into. And then that socket plugs into the, the housing, uh, which is a, actually a printed circuit board. So if the light isn't working, either the, one of those sockets is bad or the printed circuit board is bad. Okay. Wait a minute. Or there's let's a broken not, wire. But let's forget about that. Let's not jump over a very important point. Your husband is not responsible. Okay. <laughs> nothing I'll be sure that your husband nothing that your husband did is related to this problem. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, we'll give him a kiss right now and then call us back. <laughs> <laughs> His ego has been bruised by me for sure over this. Well, I mean, do you have justification for, for making these assumptions? Is he a general a screw up? No. He hasn't burned the house down or anything like that yet? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. And he's attempted to fix other things and been successful? He has been, yes. So he makes one little mistake and... And you're all over him like a cheap suit. <laughs> Jeez, Chris. All right. All right. All right, terrible? Yeah, you are. Yeah. We can't get by. Men are done for. <laughs> <laughs> so we're assuming, we're assuming then that the reason your battery is going dead is that the alternator is not working. Uh-huh. And the alternator is responsible for not only providing electricity when the engine is running, but also has a responsibility of charging up the battery, which over a period of weeks and weeks and weeks, if it isn't getting recharged properly, will get weaker and weaker and weaker to the point where it won't work anymore. Okay. You haven't brought it. I mean, how many batteries have you gone through? About three. Maybe and these four. batteries have been completely new when you bought them and completely <laughs> yeah. dead when you got rid of them? Yeah, yeah. But you haven't had them tested by anyone because they, not professionally. Because, no, no, because battery, oh. batteries are warranted. For example, if the battery is stone dead, mm -hmm. it's possible that you might not be able to get the car started with a jump. But in fact, the battery could be recharged and saved. So you may be throwing away perfectly good batteries. Yeah. What you need is a voltmeter. Okay. And when you when you get a voltmeter, you're going to start the car with this new with this newer battery in it. And you're going to read how many volts are across the two terminals of the battery. Okay. If it reads 12 volts, you're done for. Yeah. With the engine okay. running. It should be in it excess of 14. 14, 14 and a half. Okay. I'm writing all this down. And if you don't get that, it means that it's not getting charged up, which should not. Well, you know it's not. And it mm -hmm. wouldn't surprise us with 190,000 on a car that's 21 years old <laughs> that you might need an alternator. So then you can send away for one, and you'll get one in, like, June. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, while you're at it, if, if you're gonna order, they're going to be shipping stuff to you, you might as well just order a whole bunch of parts. Right? <laughs> I mean, don't stop with an alternator. That's See what true. else you can get. See what else they can fit in the box. Yeah, get five or six batteries. <laughs> yeah, get some batteries, get some new seats, whatever else you need. Maybe, okay. a, maybe a sofa. <laughs> okay, sounds great. But I'm pretty sure an alternator is going to do it. But you'll, you'll have to, if you don't have a voltmeter, you'll mm -hmm. have to take it someplace where they have one. I bet my husband has one. I'll bet he does. Okay. Well, we will try this and yeah. see what happens. Christy, good luck, and let us know your make out. Okay. Thank you very we'll much. We'll see you in Florida someday. Yeah, right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. 888. We're not going to see her in Alaska, that's for sure. 888-CAR-TALK. <laughs> that's 888-2278. Hi, this is David Kobler uh, calling you guys from Ypsilanti. Hi, okay, David. Okay, no uh, last names, please. That's all right. Oh. Too late now. <laughs> well, that, was a, that was a fake last name. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> okay. What's right. going on, David? Well, I have a car mystery that has been plaguing our family, and, and we're hoping that you guys can help us out. Oh. My mom has a 2003 Honda Civic, and uh, she was taking into work a bowl, a three-pound bag of Hershey's Kisses that were in a <laughs> bowl on the passenger side seat. So she parked the car in the garage for the night, shut the garage door, went out the next morning. The bowl is empty but still in its place on the passenger seat. Yeah. So she thought, you know, maybe maybe my brother-in-law, her, her son-in-law <laughs> had, had eaten them, yeah. uh, you know, or, or something along those lines. Two days later, the car starts to smell like you are inside of a Hershey's Kiss. 
really. <laughs> so she starts searching the car, searches the foot wells, searches the spare tire well, searches the dashboard, no signs of chocolate, no signs of foil. This about two weeks goes by, <laughs> can't find anything, tells my dad. Yeah. Searches, he says, that's ridiculous, it's got to be out there. He searches the whole car, looks into the, uh, the air filter area, can't find anything. I do the same thing, can't find anything. And then about a week and a half after that, I start seeing little flecks of foil <clears throat> coming through the air vents and little Hershey's Kisses flags waving through the defrost vents. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it doesn't take much to melt chocolate. If you've ever left a chocolate bar in your pocket, right. 98.6 degrees is enough to, to, <laughs> to turn a chocolate bar into liquid. Absolutely. So yeah. these mice... Uh, who stole the, the chocolate? Yeah, and that's let's, what. Let's get down to that right yeah, away. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. They decided to store it where they were living. Yeah, and more than that, they they probably ate. They they must have had a party that night. Oh <laughs> man, someone's you can, you can hear someone say, "Guys, you're not going to believe this." <laughs> <laughs> so you got some really fat mice now, and they're probably stuck in there too. So you think you think it's a matter of it was it was a rodent problem? Even though we can't find any droppings or anything like that. Oh, oh yeah, no, no. When, and when you do, it's going to be ugly. But <laughs> yeah. the, I think the, you should never leave food in the car overnight. Never. Or you should never leave food where your son-in-law can find it. <laughs> but because you, that's a nightmare. You know that what's going to happen. It's not going to just disappear. Well, these, now, these mice obviously took one at a time. Yeah, well, they must have worked. Round the clock. How, how many kisses do you think were in the bowl? It, it was a three-pound bag. What's that? So it's going to be like a couple of hundred, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine how many mice must have been. They must have had to call their buddies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, wouldn't it have been interesting to be able to look in there all night? Well, here's what you should do. Okay. You With should a camera reenact it and exactly, exactly. You'll see exactly where they uh, go. You need an infrared camera. So okay. this is what you do. You've got to go down to the, uh, you know, in Ypsilanti, you must have one of those places that sells army surplus stuff. There you oh, go. For about 2500 bucks or so, you can get one of these, these infrared cameras. <laughs> and then set the thing up and you... And put another bowl full of the, of the kisses there. Okay. Wouldn't it be fun to watch them do it? That's going to be great. And to find out how many mice are involved... This is like going to be a mouse army. It could be an entire battalion. It's going to be there. a battalion. I, I mean, maybe a know... it might be a division of mice. <laughs> but the thing is, you'll be able to see exactly where they come from, mm -hmm. how they carry them out, and mm -hmm. where they bring them. <laughs> the question is now, how do you get the rest of the chocolate oh. out of there? It's a nightmare because someone is going to have to take down the entire heating system. It ain't really. And it this is ain't, not easy. This ain't going to be easy. There's no possibility that this was a practical joke where somebody opened up the... the no, 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 no. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. No, no, this is a mouse situation. Oh, absolutely. And a practical joker would have left one behind. <laughs> <laughs> we had a caller some, many years ago who had a 50-pound bag of dog food, oh, dried really? dog food, yeah. in his truck. Uh -huh. And he, he noticed one after one weekend or something, I don't remember all the details, but the dog food uh, was gone. Uh -huh. And his truck had been locked up, and he couldn't imagine where it was. Well, where it was was the mice that took it one piece at a time, and they must have been busy mice that weekend. They uh -huh. put it in the headliner of his truck, you know, which is that piece of cloth. Right. And I think he was driving along, and he hit the brakes, and 25 <laughs> pounds of dog food came out on his head. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so unfortunately, they didn't put it in the headliner of the Civic. That would have been easier to deal with. This is going to cost a few hundred bucks. Really? This is in the ductwork. And it's probably of the, of the heater and air conditioning system, and, and they probably got in through the, the ducts, which end up at the floor. You know, right. so where the heat comes out at the floor, they're going in there. Each of these little mice is probably jumping in there, and other mouse is handing him one of the kisses, and they're singing, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's all <laughs> the work. Like and they're carting these things away. You know, right. <laughs> and, so, and they have probably stashed them in every nook and cranny. Yeah. This is going to be an ordeal. Yeah, it's yeah, a pain. This is, this is going to be an ordeal. And it's not something you can do easily. And I'm glad it's not my car. I'm, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to go someplace and have it done. And it's going to cost you, I'd say, 100 bucks. More money. More? 300 Really? Well, don't, don't forget, the chocolate is melted now. So yeah. it's going to be everywhere. And it's drooped down and oozed and flowed into places that you don't even want to know about.
Well, we could just leave it. You well, could. No, you can't. It's, it's disgusting. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to do something. Well, the best you can hope for is that somehow cho- chocolate is combustible. <laughs> the car catches fire. And if it does, don't try to put it out. Just run. That's right. Good yeah. luck, David. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. All, right. <laughs> All right, look, it's time for us to take a short break and then come back and, of course, answer last, last week's puzzler. Yeah, and I have it on good authority that your answer is going to be somewhat controversial. That's all right. I, I mean, I can deal with answers that are controversial. Yeah, right? yeah no I know, I know. It's the totally bogus ones that ruin your week. <laughs> no, they, do, they do that, that's for sure. Well, we'll be back with my brother's answer, whatever it is, and we'll take more of your car questions in about a minute, so please stay tuned. Driving my rusted car onward Hopes that it makes it to you Driving my rusted car onward Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and uh, the answer to last week's puzzler. Go, man. A longtime customer named uh, Pell Osborne was at the shop a few days ago, and he brought his young son, William, along. And while we discussed Pell's car, William found a sign that had been hanging up in the shop for like 20 years, and he pointed out to me that it had a punctuation mistake. He said... That sign's not correct, mister. <laughs> I was embarrassed, but his dad explained that his son was a bit of a pain in the butt and made a hobby of finding grammatical punctuation or spelling mistakes and pointing them out. So I took the kid in the corner and dunked him in the used oil barrel and forced him <laughs> to give me a puzzler. And this is a word puzzler. Here it is. I'm going to read three sentences, and there's a mistake in one of them. And I'm going to try to read them as clearly as I possibly can, all right? Sentence number one. Yeah. A recent space shuttle mission almost ended in disaster. Mm-hmm. Number two. While the shuttle and the International Space Station were engaged in their docking operation, the two crafts almost collided. Mm-hmm. Number three. A quick-thinking crew member saved the day. Huh. All right, got it? Yeah, so which one of them well, has a grammatical error? Well, sentence number two has the mistake. I'll read the sentence again. While the shuttle and the International Space Station were engaged in their docking operation, the two crafts, eh, (laughs) the plural of craft (laughs) is is craft. craft. There's no S on the end unless you're at an art and crafts show. (laughs) So who's our winner? Ah, the winner this week is Marita Ray from Suffolk, Virginia. And for having her answer selected at random from among all the correct answers that we got, Marita is going to get a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at cartalk.com, with which she can get a Cartalk long sleeve football style jersey. Wow. Perfect for the demanding task of lying on the couch, eating junk food, and watching football games. Exactly. You need a special jersey to do that. And this is just the jersey for it. Anyway, we will have a brand new puzzler coming up in the third half of the show, so don't touch that dial. In the meantime, if you have a question about your car, call us. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, Tom and Ray. This is uh, Reverend Jen calling from Arlington, Virginia. Reverend Jen? Yes. <laughs> Arlington, Virginia. Indeed. What's up? Well, I have a, a 2001 Subaru Outback, uh-huh. and it makes a horrible rattling noise in the back when I drive it uphill. It starts when I drive uphill, and the second repair shop that I took it to found two dead rats in the exhaust system. And assured me that that was the noise. What was it, the death rattle that they were, you were hearing? Yeah. <laughs> they assured you that that was the noise. But it still makes the noise. What, did they take the rats out? 
they told me they did. They did, and the the noise is still there, so the they know they were wrong. That's right. <laughs> so did you go back and tell them they were wrong? I did, and they told me there is nothing wrong with the car. So this noise, you, you let's let's get you hear this when you're going uphill. Yes. And obviously accelerating. Yes. Have you ever tried to reproduce it on level ground by accelerating really hard? I have actually. And and and. It doesn't make the noise. Is this a stick shift? No. It's automatic. It's automatic. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, make the noise. Well, it's kind of like and it's pretty even. It's pretty even. And it will continue to make the noise as long as you're going up the hill. And well, and then after that, anytime you accelerate. And and is it is it at all in 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 a lockstep with the speed of the car? Does the goog 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 slow down when you get to the top of the hill and you start going faster? Yeah. Does the goog 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 start going goog 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 goog? Not really. No, it stays kind of a consistent vibration. Goog goog. Oh man. Goog 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 goog. No one screens these calls anymore. Reverend Jen. All right. Goog 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 goog. Huh? Yeah. So it's not a. It's. I mean, rattles. If I would, if you asked me to make a rattle noise, I would say a tinnier noise, sounding like uh, maybe a, a tin cans rattling together. Is that what it is? It's a little deeper than that. Did you have recently? This is an '01. Have you had any exhaust work done on this car recently? Only when they found the dead rats in the exhaust system. That was the where, where do you live that you have rats? <laughs> Arlington, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> On church property, nonetheless. Ah, uh, that'll do it. What, what, <laughs> what, what color were these rats? You know, I actually didn't see them. Aren't they all the same color? Oh, no. They're all different. Ugly. Gray rats, white rats. Oh, really? Yeah, rats dressed in suits. I don't want to know about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, but it's, it, the sound comes from right in the back on the left side, right behind like where the wheel well is. Do you feel a rattle also? Yes, definitely. What do you feel? Um, it feels like the whole bottom of the car is shaking, and I can feel it in the gas pedal. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you when you stop the car at a light, does the engine run smoothly? Once the sound starts, then no, the sound is pretty much there. Even when the and when the vehicle is stopped? Yeah, even when you're idling. Aha! Aha! I, I think what's this changes everything. This does, ah. this does change everything. I think you have a good old-fashioned engine miss. You have oh. a spark plug that's misfiring, and I think what you may be hearing out the back is you may be hearing the misfires coming out the tailpipe. Oh! And you know what'll cause that? Rats. Stuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this is good because if it does this when the car isn't moving, right? Then it's not a... Anyone's going to be able to find it. Right. See, diagnosing these kinds of things when the car's in motion is always a problem because... You have to strap people to Right, the and the strappy pieces. never likes it. <laughs> my, for years, my brother was the strappy. Oh, he yeah. drew the short straw, and for a decade, That's he was... That's why I quit my job. <laughs> he was the strappy until he stopped coming in. But the strappy is always unhappy because of the danger involved. Yeah. You know, so, so, but if they can do it without a strappy. That's uh -huh. great. Then they'll figure it out. And my guess is, is that you have an engine misfire. And uh -huh. it's impossible that the misfire is causing the exhaust system to hit the underside of the, the vehicle. But that's stretching it. Yeah. I think you're just hearing the so. misfires coming out the tailpipe. I'm with you. I yeah. go for that. And, and, if, and if, in fact, they, they, they can't find them, it's, it's possible that there's something still in the exhaust system. You may have more rats in there. <laughs> <laughs> which had nothing to do before and they still got nothing to do with yeah. it. <laughs> but you give the give the car to some shop that you like uh -huh. and let them drive it up a hill and they'll drive it right back to the shop and in 10 minutes they'll have it fixed oh perfect good luck reverend jen hey thank you guys so much <laughs> thanks for your call <laughs> Not a problem. Bye-bye. Bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hey, hello. Hello, Hi. who's this? Larry from Brooklyn. What's happening, man? All right, well, I've got this uh, 1997 Saab Turbo 900, uh -huh. which I bought from a guy who kept it in impeccable shape inside and out. Yeah. Got it with less than 70,000 miles on it. I drove it for a few thousand miles, and I needed the clutch went, which was no big surprise. Seemed about the right time. Mm -hmm. I brought it to my guy, who I know and trust. He put in a new clutch, and the car has never been the same. 
Right. Really? When did you buy this thing? I bought it about six months ago. And what do you mean it's never been the same? It's not as tight and precise a clutch, and it makes this, what seems to me, telltale noise whenever I clutch. It's like a whooshing sound. It's like a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And it even has like a little whistle to it. Every time you step on the clutch? Yeah, when I clutch. Well, not every time. That's the strange thing about it. But it's as not... you're putting your foot on the yeah. clutch or taking it off? No, on the, when I depress the clutch happens mostly when I begin driving and, you know, further into a trip, it might not happen, but it goes into gear and all it doesn't, the gears don't slip, but it doesn't, it's not as precise and tight. Yeah. So what, what I'm, if I'm reading you correctly, uh, Larry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I had your name right first before I tried to read you. It, it, the, the clutch doesn't seem to engage as crisply. In other words, it's more like a, a, a sloppy. sloppy engagement. Yeah. Yep. And that would happen, for example, if the clutch got contaminated when it got installed. For example, if there were grease on it. Oil on it. Yeah, grease or oil. So it's possible that somehow or another he got his greasy fingers. This clutch is kind of a strange clutch. You know, it's stuck at the back of the engine. And, and then the shaft that runs the transmission kind of sticks through it and, and goes through the clutch release bearing, which is also a hydraulic release bearing. And it's very easy, I guess, when you're slipping this thing in to get to get grease on it because it's it's kind of a confined area where it has to go. So it's possible you got grease or maybe hydraulic, you know, brake fluid on it or something, some other contaminating agent that's that's making. You know, I got it. What did, what did you? What was the last name of the guy that you took this to? Was it wasn't an Italian last name? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Because he might have been eating a submarine sandwich. He might have dripped olive oil on it. Ah, uh, you know this guy looks like he eats a healthy diet. I say that. So you did not bring it back to him yet? Um, you know, I brought it back, and he looked at me like I was being somewhere between fussy and crazy. Oh. But I'm not. And what do you make of this this odd noise? Is a little bit alarming. Well, the odd noise seems to me just to be the disc flopping around. Well, no, I think the odd noise might be uh, uh, the release bearing. I think that when you're, when you're stepping on the clutch, th th this wasn't a sob shop that you took it to. It was a re regular repair shop, or yeah, an independent but a guy shop. Who, you know, does a lot of foreign and high-end high work. And yeah. the whooshing sound is when you step on the clutch? Yeah, and yeah. It, it never happened before I... You know, had the clutch repair. Yeah, that's the release bearing. It, so the, the whooshing sound is there when even when you're not moving? Yeah, it's there when I'm clutching, and it's kind of like a squeaking at the same time. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, it, it could be the release bearing making noise, although usually it would make it all the time. He's got to take it apart. But it's all, it's also, there's also a possibility, I guess, uh, what color is this car anyway? <laughs> you know, I need a minute to think here. Now, now you're asking the same questions my wife asked. <laughs> it's, it's black. It's black. Uh -huh. Well, okay, okay. I feel better now. I mean, it's it's possible that the, that the thing isn't completely disengaging, but I, I'm confused because you say it shifts easily. Do you notice that it engages closer to the floor? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Here's what I would do first of all before he does. Ask him or take it someplace else. Forget this guy. Take it someplace else and ask them to bleed the clutch. I, I have a strong feeling that maybe, maybe it's not disengaging all the way. Maybe the whooshing sound you hear is, in fact, the, the, the clutch disc, you know, and not the release bearing. And it may be that it's misbehaving and not engaging crisply because there's air in it. So have, someone, have somebody bleed it. And that may solve your problem. If that doesn't do it, then you're going to have to take it back to this guy and insist that he takes the thing out and puts in another clutch. Right, right. So what would you have told me if I told you the car was red? Ah, that changes everything. <laughs> You're going to have to call back. Yeah. <laughs> red cars often need transmission, so it's a good thing you didn't have a red one. Okay. Good luck, Larry. Thanks, man. See you Let later. Let us know how you make out. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> he may be on Stump the Chumps. Another failure yeah. for us. No, it's air. I, I, think, I, I strongly believe that it's air. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888 Two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi guys, this is Megan. I'm calling from Paris, and that's France, not Hilton or Texas. Paris, okay. France. Yep. What are you doing in Paris? Um, I'm. I do medical communication. I'm a recovering academic. Oh, rec oh a recovering academic. Medical really. what? A communication. What, what does that it? mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I work with pharmaceutical companies. Um, 
developing materials for physicians and patients. And, and, and you're doing it in Paris as opposed to, like, Chicago because? Well, that's part of the issue. I, I came over as a postdoc and then found a real job. So, yeah. But that's part that's... of my question because I'm now moving back to D.C. Oh, you are? And what yes. have you been driving over there in Paris? Well, <laughs> I've been driving the best car in the world, a 94 Austin Mini British Open with a panoramic sunroof, British racing green. It is an absolutely fantastic car. With those little tiny wheels that you find on kitty cars. <laughs> that you can almost blow up with your mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is a real Mini. because It's a real Mini, it's yeah. A, this is before BMW took them over. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the, the thrill of driving uh, this Mini, the one the you, you have. have, is that you could actually die in this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the question. <laughs> yeah. So the deal is that I'd love to bring her back to the States, oh. but I'm kind of worried about, well, if that's a sane thing to do, given that I could die on the roads of the States where the, the, the cars are twice the size as they are here. My yeah. father thinks I'm absolutely insane for even thinking about it, but he also got me hooked on your show, so... His judgment's questionable. Exactly. Ah. Well, we know that. Well, the 94 Mini was a magnificently wonderful car, but it was really dangerous. Don't tell me that now. I've had her for three years. No, no, it is dangerous. And it may it may be so dangerous that, in fact, they won't let it in. It may not meet emission standards, so the EPA might have an issue with it. Uh, it may not meet crash standards, so the, the NHTSA or the uh, Department of Transportation may not want it in either. So, but but the good news is it's small enough that you may be able to sneak it in. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. The overhead compartment should just about do it, right? Yeah. yeah. See, if you can't register the thing, and you it can't won't drive, and it. and it won't pass the fifty state emission requirement, then you you can't drive the thing. Right. And, and I don't know if that's true. So if you can somehow, or but another... you could fake it for maybe six months. <laughs> I mean, you you steal some number plates. Right. That, sure. That's just. <laughs> And you just stick them on there and drive around until they get you. And then I get deported back to France? <laughs> You've got to check with the authorities. And I think probably the best place to start is is with uh, 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 dot.gov. Okay. And and uh, there may be some part of that site you can go to that will tell you what, what's permitted and what's not permitted insofar as bringing cars from overseas. And it, it may be very simple that you might be able to, you know, to tell them what kind of a car it is. And they may say, fine. Yeah, bring, my guess is that it's not allowed. Right. But if you but if you are really in love with with this car, okay, and you don't want the authorities to impound it and crush it, which they'll do and make you watch. <laughs> uh, you, you you can come here and you can go and find an older one, you know, from the 60s or even the I don't know how late they sold them into the 70s. Oh yeah. You can probably find one and and buy it. Really? They you can find them there? Oh sure. Yeah. They're here. Yeah, they're here. And and, they're... and if not, you might have to buy a relatively new one. It's about twice the size of the one you got. <laughs> but it's mini nonetheless. Yeah, and, and and it's a heck of a lot safer than this thing. So I know if you if you did manage to get this over here, at some point you'd be tempted to drive it on the highway. Yeah, that and, would be And you'd bad. get crushed like a bug. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing our best to talk you out of it. But if we can't, Cut it up in little pieces and ship it home. See you, Megan. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 Good luck. All right. <laughs> I need to call a timeout. What are you, Vince Lombardi? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have to take a break. You know, a timeout from taking calls. Ah, and when we come back, will you be gracing us with, a, like, a new puzzler? Yes, I will. And will it be well worth staying tuned for? Mm, I'm taking the fifth on that one, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure, of course you are. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the new puzzler is... Uh, uh, I would say a little mathematical. Really? Yes. I can hardly wait. So stay tuned. The new puzzler is coming up in a minute. The moon has a way of evening at your mind. The moon has a way of evening out your mind. Nothing smooths you out. Like that broken Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the new puzzler. And I, oh, I'm ready. I, this is mathematical yeah, okay. in nature. You're, you ready? I'm ready for a mathematical thing. Imagine, if you will, three gentlemen, uh, Mr. Black, Mr. Brown, and Mr. White, for simplicity's sake, yeah. who so detest one another that they've decided to resolve their differences with pistols. They oh. try to kill each other. Yeah. 
kind of like a duel, but a three-way duel. And unlike the gunfights of the Old West where the participants would simultaneously draw their guns and shoot at each other, these three gentlemen have come up with a rather civilized approach to, to dueling. Yeah. Mr. White is the worst shot of the three and hits his target one time out of three. So he's a pretty lousy shot. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Brown is twice as good. In fact, he hits his target two times out of three. Mr. Black is deadly. He never misses. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So whoever he shoots at, he's That's a it. goner. Yeah. So to even the odds a bit, Mr. White is given first shot, and then Mr. Brown is next if he's still alive, right? And he's followed then by Mr. Black if he's still alive. So Mr. Ah. White gets to shoot first. He can shoot anyone he wants. Yeah. This and is, then Mr. This Brown. Is, this is kind of not a shootout anymore. Well, it's not like they're not hiding behind the bar. No, and they're not just drawing in their guns and shooting. No, no, they get to aim and take yeah, their time. All that and, stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got it. Gentlemen, it. so, it. it's civilized. Civilized, yeah, they're really civilized. <laughs> <laughs> and they will continue shooting like this in, in this order until two of them are dead. Yeah. So here's the question. Mr. White is the first shooter, right? Yeah. He's the worst shot. At whom should he aim his first shot to maximize his chances of surviving? Oh, Good question, huh? Not bad at all. Now, if you think you know the answer, etch it on the side of a Briggs & Stratton INT25 home generator system <laughs> with electronic power outage detection, fully automatic switchover, 25 kilowatt generator, stat station two-way wireless LCD power monitoring, cold weather upgrade, and an assemble yourself home diesel filling station. <laughs> and send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. But right now, if you have a car question for us, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. A lawyer on Car Talk. We'll see if we can do any better. Yeah. This batch of callers. Hi, this is Jody from San Diego. Jody. Jody. Like J-O-D-I-E? J-O-D-Y. J- I knew that. San Diego. <laughs> San Diego. What's going yeah, on, what's Jody? Up? I am calling you because I have been told that there are two different colored fluids in my coolant system co-mingling in there, causing trouble. There's red and green. Uh-huh. Apparently, my car takes green, which is a 1996 Toyota RAV4. It's Christmassy. It is Christmassy, <laughs> but apparently it can cause some problems. Who told you that? The guy who put the tires on my car... Oh, he should you know, know a lot about. You know, he works at the shop where they check all your systems. Yeah. So somebody, somebody obviously put. Wait a minute. How would they be two? So he, he. I don't. I don't believe it. When you mix red and green, what you do don't, you get? What do, you don't get partially get, red and partially you get, green. No. You get brown. You get something else. I don't yeah, understand. You do. And then you throw in a little rust. How old is your Rav Four? It's a '96. So. Oh, '96. So it's 11 years old. So you got red, gr- green, mix, mixed together and make brown, which is the color of rust. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't understand how he could have seen the red and the green. Well, he just saw the color of the fluid in the vessel, which is what you've described, kind ah, of brownish. Okay. So yeah, he so... assumed that uh-huh. someone had put red when I always put green. Well, lots of manufacturers color their antifreeze so they can tell if you've added anything that doesn't belong there. But I, my understanding is there are two basic kinds of antifreeze. There's, there's ethylene glycol, which is what... Pretty much most you know, everyone's major. had for since time immemorial. Yeah, and, right. and there's this other stuff, this organic antifreeze, which is what General Motors has been using for a while, called Dexcool. And yeah, you, and you can even mix those together. It, it, it's not necessarily recommended, but you can mix them, and nothing awful will happen. And in your situation, if you're mixing one color ethylene glycol with another color. All you're going to do is change the color of it. <laughs> and I don't think anything awful is going to happen either. But what you may really need is a cooling system flush. Right. Because the predominant color may be rust. Not because <laughs> not because of the color you get when you combine the red and the green, but because, in fact, you have uh, just rust. gotten rust in the system out of neglect. I would flush it out. To be on the safe side, it would be a good idea to flush it and put in what the factory recommends. And in, in your case, it's regular ethylene glycol. You can put in whatever color ethylene glycol you want. All right. But it is probably time to flush it out. All right. Which is no big deal. Okay.
and you know, and the, you can mix the inorganic and organic. Although you know, uh, for a while they were saying that you can't, you shouldn't mix them. Right. So what's the advantage to organic versus inorganic? Well, the organic stuff had a longer life. When, when, when General Motors first debuted this stuff, they said it's it's lifetime antifreeze. But we've come to learn that it really isn't like. Well, it's lifetime if your lifetime is five years. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So we, we've learned we've learned that the stuff doesn't last necessarily much longer than the uh, the ethylene glycol. But it, it seemed that at first blush like it was a good idea, but it hasn't, at least for the cars that we see in our shop, it hasn't turned out to be so hot. And we've, you know, we've continued to use the stuff in these cars, but it hasn't lasted as long as, as I think they had hoped it would last. But right. presumably, if you mix them together, they last less long. Right. Right. Which but, in your, but in your case, whatever was in there, it lasted 11 years, but it's time to get so, it out of there. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. See you, Jody. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi. My name's Brad. Hi, Brad. Hi, Brad. Where, where are you from? I'm calling from Monterey. Monterey. That's nice. It happened in Monterey. <laughs> What's going on? A long going? time ago. <laughs> I met her in Monterey. <laughs> he, this in happens to him sometimes. Old Mexico. <laughs> Stars and steel guitars. <laughs> Brad, you see what I'm up against? Yeah. It just, it yeah. just happened. I don't know what came out. What's up, Brad? So uh, I need your advice on a car replacement issue. Ah. My beloved Cadillac Alante died oh. at 165,000 miles. Alante, really? Wow. And I've been renting for I can't tell you how long because I cannot find a uh, convertible with a real trunk. It's my one and only car, and I use it daily to get to work, et cetera. And all the new convertibles seem to have a hard top that goes in the trunk, and you can't even put a bag of grocery in it. Ah. So you, so you, you wouldn't be averse to a soft-top car? No, not at all. Well, uh... I've got to also let you guys know that I'm getting middle-aged. I'm still single, so I need something that's got some sort of aesthetic appeal. Aesthetic oh, appeal oh, because, to because, because you don't anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that you know that always helps to know. I mean, it's always good to put your cards on the table. Well, well let's put it this way: a Dodge Dart wouldn't do. Wouldn't do. Okay. No. So you would like a car that women are attracted to? Yeah, at least they won't spit at me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Women and, aren't and, attracted to cars. Well, they they might be, but at least it, don't ever tell the automakers that because <laughs> they've been advertising that for years. And I think some women are attracted to cars. So do you Not want many. do you want a car that says I'm rich? No. Or do you want a car that says I'm cool? I'm cool and fun. Oh, definitely cool and fun. Cool and fun. Well, you know, I, I I've always liked the the Toyota Solara, which is a Camry oh, convertible. A very nice car. Not a high end car like an Alante, but it's a nice car. And it's one of those cars that, if you don't really know cars, you could think was an expensive car if you weren't into cars. But the the women who know cars and are looking for a guy that has money and shows it by driving an expensive car will immediately turn you off. <laughs> Does it have a real trunk? It has a trunk. Yeah. Yeah. How big a car do you need? I need a car that's big enough for me to carry stuff in a in a trunk. You what know, are you carrying? What, what are you carrying in the trunk? <laughs> you mean grocery store stuff? Well, yeah. Well, let's say that you guys give me some great advice, and I get this car. Yeah. And I actually find somebody I want to go for like a weekend away. Yeah. Oh. There needs to be some room in the trunk for like luggage and uh, yeah. more than just the top one. Okay, top. so we gotta go. So I so bigger... I so I think the Solara is the car for you. Well, thank you very much. How did, how did the Alante work out for you in the girlfriend department, by the way? Oh, it was great. It was great. Oh, you oh, hear that? It was great. It was great. Boy, it was interesting. How you just just the tone of your voice. Oh, <laughs> it was great. Well, why not look for another one? Because they haven't made the thing for a hundred well, years. Well, they don't have to have an Alante. No, no. But I think you may you, you may feel that the Solara is inadequate because how much money have you got, Brad? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm I mean, serious. to spend. Yeah, I mean, to spend. Because I'm thinking of the Jaguar. So, you know, I looked at Jaguars. I looked at, like, a used 2002, 2003. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And uh, it's not bad. The trunk, again, is kind of small. But, but for what they're selling, it's like the largest trunk out there. Yeah. It's not bad. And it is, without doubt, the most magnificent convertible you can drive. Yeah. 
Have the groceries delivered, Brad. The hell with the groceries. <laughs> yeah, stop eating. <laughs> yeah, it may be that. You, I mean, you may be asking for too much, but yeah. you might want to. You might want go look at the Solara, and if you're not, if you don't get the right vibe from it, and I'm guessing you won't. It's the Jag. Brad, call, call us back. Let us know what you decided. <laughs> Thank you We're very much. We're dying to know. <laughs> Good luck, man. And the best of luck to you. Thank you. See ya. 888 Car Talk. That's that Jaguar eight. is a fantastic car. It's a great looking car. Yeah, and I'll you can admit. buy an older one. Yeah. They don't have to be new. Yeah, you can buy like something like from the 60s, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You can get one that's 10 years old and it's magnificent. Does it have to run to it? I didn't ask him that. <laughs> 888 227 8255. Hi, this is Ann from Arlington, Virginia. Hi, Ann. Hey. How, are, how are you? I'm fine. Well, this is um, my question. My husband's an otherwise responsible person, but he insists on driving around with his gas tank empty. And <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? And then in the last month, he's gotten on Alligator Alley in Florida with his indicator on E. So yeah. my question is this. What causes somebody to play gas tank roulette, and is there any remedy for it? Oh, there's there's no remedy in. It's a lost cause? Yeah, unless an alligator chases him and he has to jump on the roof of the car. But <laughs> How old a guy is he, roughly? 40s, 50s, 60s? He's 50. He's 50. And I've known him for 25 years, and it's kind of always been a problem. <laughs> oh, so he's, to, he's been a wacko for a long time. Right. I used to bail him out quite a bit, and then I thought, well, I'm enabling him, so I just would leave Yeah, yeah. Him. Well, you see... uh I need any help you can give me in this regard because I'm going to have to deal with my brother. You know? <laughs> He's kind of a whack job. And, and you know, anyone that can give me any insights into how to deal with this aberrant kind of behavior would be very much appreciated. But uh, I think he's lacking in adventure in his life. Oh. Okay. And he, he wants to get chased by an alligator. <laughs> yeah. Or something akin to that. Well, they're pretty good at keeping the alligators off the actual alligator alley. Yeah. What, what does he do for a living? He's in the Coast Guard. He's in the Coast Guard. Really? You think that'd be enough excitement? Mm. You would think so. I mean, he's never gotten stuck, huh? Oh yeah, plenty of times. Plenty of times. And what does All he do? All over the country. All over the country. So if you so and he what is, he stands up there and puts his thumb out or what? Well, he tries to call me. Yeah. And if I don't um, rescue him, then he does a lot of walking. And, and of course, you won't rescue him because that just encourages him. Yeah. Right. Well, I figured I was being an enabler by rescuing. Yeah, him. and you're right. So does he? Does he have an ex? When you ask him why he does this, uh -huh. does he have a, a, a reasonable explanation? Well, he says that when it's on empty, it doesn't really mean that it's empty. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the times, well, it's... Well, it's, I mean... It's more right than it's wrong. <laughs> I think he thinks he's saving money by not getting gas in his car. But eventually, you have to get gas in your car. Yeah, yeah no, he's not saving anything. Oh, so he's waiting for the he's, prices to go down. He's certainly not saving <laughs> shoe leather. No. No, does he, does he have any hobbies? Yeah, he likes to sail. And I think that sailboats attract him because he doesn't have to put gas in it. <laughs> he may just be an inveterate cheapskate. Yeah, that could be it. That could yeah, be. and if that's the case, there's not much you can do. Except not go driving with him. Oh, well, I always look to see if he's got gas in his car when I drive yeah. with him. And then when I have his car on my own, I fill it up for him. Oh. Which is probably compounding the problem. No, I, right. I think what you should do... Take the gas out. Take the gas out. <laughs> <laughs> When he gets in the car in the morning, that needle should be not even moving off E. It should be just stuck there. Yeah. So he drives right. two blocks yeah. and he's out of gas. And you've bought your last tank of gas. Okay. You drive it around until it runs out of gas. Yeah, that's what you All right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Don't help him. It you, is a right, strange, yeah. strange thing that some guys do. I remember a guy that I used to work with, and every time he got another car, he would put a can of gas in the trunk and he would drive and drive and drive until he ran out of gas and he'd look to see where the needle really was when, he, when there was really no oh, gas. Oh, so maybe you can get your husband to do this. Maybe once, as long as he knows definitively yeah. where that needle is when it's really empty. And when he stopped, and he, he had the gas tank, he had a gas can in the trunk so he didn't get stuck. And then he knew all the time how far he could go. So he's oh, maybe looking. He may be looking for the boundary. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think he's not very good at it. Or he may just be a nut job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sticking with nut job. (laughs) But try the gas can thing. You never know. Right. (laughs) And I wish you the very best because he is a nut job. And our our prayers are with you, Ann. All right. Thank you. Good luck, my child. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, it's happened again. You squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our steam producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin the Barbarian and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the Vietnam cheesesteak bomb, turkey tom, heart of palm, Papa Dom, Skillet Glom, Cook Like Mom, Beef Pogrom, is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin of Error. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our investment management company is Poor Lee Endowed. Our chief negotiator is Nicole Ann Dime. Our PowerPoint <laughs> producer is Boris Tadef. Our Sleepy Labeef ticket procurer is Caldwell Ahead. Our Russian chauffeur is Pete Goff and Dropoff. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our <laughs> chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the shifty-eyed term paper salesman in Harvard Square as you, Louis Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're clicking clack the Tappet Brothers. And remember this, don't drive like my brother. And remember this, don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of this show, which is number 704, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, our brand spanking new safe driving zone with information on purchasing a safer car and driving a car more safely. What if, like me, you have a perfect driving record? Like since when, perfect? Well, I mean, I haven't dented one of Bugsy's brand new test cars in almost, like, maybe two weeks now. This section's exactly for you, man. <laughs> There'll be a quiz next week. <laughs> Check out the Car Talk Safe Driving Zone this week at cartalk.com.